0: Episode one of the 2020 fantasy football season. It's good to be back. I'm here with the one and only my brother from another mother, Jacob Morris. Jacob, how are you, man?
1: Howdy. Howdy, partners. I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Um, I have equivalently half the intelligence of the previous co-host, but I will hope to bring uh, double the energy. Like I can manage.
0: <laughs> well, I I have maybe less than half of his intelligence. So together, maybe our brains can just be one of what Mason's is. I'm not sure if that's how it works, but <laughs> we're uh, we're glad to have you, man. Um, gonna be a blast. Uh, we had a great time doing the pod last year. Uh, after Madison and Connor um, started off with our first two seasons of the Sunday's Finest pod. Um, Not sure exactly what our schedule will be this year with the pod. Um, All of our lives are uh, just a bit busier these days, but uh, we're going to get as many episodes out as we can. Uh, Stoked to have Jacob. Jacob, tell me a little bit about draft day. I was gutted to not be able to be there in person. Um, What were some highlights of the day for you?
1: Draft day was electric as usual. Um, (laughs) We were just... Another year older, I think the, the toll that all the physical activity takes on us is just increasing every year. Uh, I've been sore for three days now, and I, don't, I just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I think I may have tore multiple muscles attempting to be athletic for my once-a-year uh, playing of sports. We played um, football. As uh, our opening activity, which is normal. And, uh, it seemed like everyone enjoyed that a decent amount. Uh, wasn't able to provide the field paint and the equipment that I normally do, uh, because of my job change, but, uh, we still made the most of it. We played some football and then after that we jumped in the pool, uh, played some pool basketball. I was fortunate enough to team up with Hunter, uh, Treneman as my teammate. So I won many games undefeated with him, um, which was a very easy job on my part. Just throw him the ball and let him dunk on people. Um, and then we grilled out, we ate, we had probably the, the shortest rules discussion of all time, uh, where we all consensusly agreed on everything. And it was a, a freak occurrence, but it was good to kind of get through that uh, quickly. Uh, agreed on some things in the league that we were going to change. For uh, the year, just in case COVID comes in and games get canceled or the season gets delayed, it was good to set that stuff all out early, so we knocked that out, and then, uh, yeah, we did the draft online this year for the first time, and uh, it seemed like everyone enjoyed that for a good amount, and it sped us up quite a bit. We finished the draft in record time, I think under two and a half hours we drafted in which for us in our league is very fast so uh, i think (laughs) it was a a great success of a draft day um we had a blast we uh wore ourselves out many beers were were consumed and it was a it was a good day so
0: that's what it's all about man it's like christmas day i uh yeah seriously so bummed i wasn't able to be there um something that uh we all look forward to every year but uh yeah we're not getting any younger that is uh that's for certain um our bodies are letting us know that uh often and uh and yet uh, i don't think i've ever been more excited for a year of fantasy football man um who knows what this season's going to have in store but uh 2020's been <laughs> it's been wild man and uh just makes me more grateful for than ever for for good friends, uh, for people that uh, are a constant in your life, uh, for the little things you look forward to, like you know your QB tight end stack scoring a touchdown, beating your rival by a single point during rivalry week. This is <laughs> this is what we live for, right? So uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm grateful for another year with you guys. And with that, my friend, how about we dive right into our draft coverage? 2020 uh, was quite a uh, quite a year. There was some uh, some unexpected twists and turns, and there were some people who uh, uh, did the the things we might come to expect, which is often the unexpected. So we'll start off a little bit with uh, maybe what we think was each of our uh, best pick, maybe the biggest steal of the draft. Jacob, what uh, what was the best pick in the draft in your opinion?
1: I, uh, you know, honestly, the first, I, I think most people can agree, the first six or so picks in our draft just did not go as what most people were expecting. And uh, yep. it threw everyone's mock drafts off. I could see the room just scattering, flipping through pages, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. Um, I mean, obviously, we had Saquon go first, uh, which no one was surprised by. And then we had Edwards Hilaire go second, which wasn't uh, that crazy. And then Henry, uh, Jacobs. And then i right about there is where it got crazy. Yeah. So at five, <laughs> we see Kelsey come off the board and then Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, four guys yep. in a row who I, I, I don't think any of us thought that they were going to go above Hopkins and Julio.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: that course of events and then Godwin going at 10, led our friend alex lot to have julio jones who in my opinion is still the best wide receiver in the league he's shown no real fall off other than a few nagging injuries and stuff that really haven't even made him miss games uh at the 11th pick so that that's my pick for uh best pick and even steal if you want uh for both of saying You know, getting Julio Jones in a keeper draft, which is really, you know, pick 11 is the second round to us because the keepers are all off the board. I mean, getting that uh, at 11 was was huge for for Alex. So I I think that's my my pick of the draft.
0: Yeah, I I was pretty shocked to see him just continue to fall down the board. Um, And it's funny, you know, we... We made the first pick with Saquon. Um, I think, like you said, everybody kind of expected that that was was going to be what would happen. And and so I hear the name announced. I see it come up on on the uh, the ESPN platform. But I'm just watching Ryan's face, uh, kind of take everything in. And I just quite a few times, just a uh, like the shocked emoji with the big eyes bulging out. That was uh, that was Ryan quite a few times. Um, yeah, the first eight picks, not a single wide receiver, Uh, seven running backs and a tight end before yeah. any wide receivers. And then it was, I believe uh, the next six picks, five of them were wide receivers. So um, it really, I think just threw upside down quite a bit what the back half of the first round was going to look like, which really then throws off the back half of the next round and the next round, because You know, if anybody was mocking in the back half of the draft, they're probably thinking they're looking more at one of those running backs, not a Julio Jones, not a DeAndre Hopkins. Um, So, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of excitement. Um, You know, you never you never can expect uh, the exactly what you have planned out in your mock drafts with this league. Um, Everyone's a a great owner, but uh, but we like to think outside the box a little bit sometimes. So uh, it's definitely fun to see for me. I think uh, I'm gonna have to say, I think my best pick of the draft uh, would be Cooper Cup uh, as the 23rd wide receiver drafted um, in our league, which is to me just kind of crazy. He was the wide receiver four last season. So theoretically, you are saying 19 wide receivers passed him up since the end of last season. Um, and I know, you know, beginning of the season, Cooper Cup was wide receiver two. Um, Back half of the season, he really took quite a dip, but he had some injury problems. You look at the Rams offense, though, and Todd Gurley's gone. And more than that, Brandon Cooks is gone, which means you're probably going to see even more targets for guys like Cooper Cup. I'm hoping personally for Ryan and I, Robert Woods. Um, But I thought we got a steal with Robert Woods where we got him. And then for Cooper Cup, just to fall all the way down and get drafted that late, um, I think that could be a pick that a lot of us uh, are going to regret passing up. Uh, a guy like Cooper Cup, so um, kudos there. Uh, what would you say, Jacob? Though was the biggest reach of the draft in your opinion? What was uh, we won't say the worst pick, uh, but what was the what was the biggest reach in your mind?
1: Well, you know, going back to that those first six picks, I I think just from sitting next to him and hearing some of his emotions and what he was going through throughout the draft. I think our, our friend John Thompson was a little too invested in the idea of getting Josh Jacobs, and uh, <laughs> that didn't happen for him. Uh, yep. Someone you know took Jacobs a bit sooner than what we had been estimating Jacobs would go, and uh, in the scatter of trying to adjust his plan, he took Kenyon Drake at six – and I, I just can't help but feel like there were a lot of running backs on the board at that point that I I personally think are going to have better seasons than Kenyon Drake will. Um, I don't know if it's just that I'm not bought in on that train or if it's the the fact that he was hidden away in Miami for all those years or the injuries. or well, I don't know what it is that really just can't get me to fall in love with Kenyon Drake, but to see Sanders, Eckler, uh, Lenny, Le'Veon, some guys who are a little bit more established um, who I, I just f- would feel more confident, a bit more of a name. I, I, I think personally seeing Drake come off the board at six, um, you know, maybe John had fallen in love with the idea of getting a running back uh, based on his, you know, who he kept or, or what it was. I don't know where that came from, but in my opinion, those those next 10 picks that came after Kenyon Drake are all guys that I, I just wouldn't be surprised if they all just scored more points than him this year so for me that was kind of the reach that kind of set off the the course of events uh you know and in, in then the first round that we all didn't see coming so
0: yeah totally and I mean in some ways Kenyon Drake has a little bit of the uh Tyler Higbee factor so to speak right like he has two massive games at the end of last season just dominant mm-hmm. um but it's a question of does a team in week 15 and 16 who's far out of playoff contention just feeding the ball over and over and over again to a guy, is that what his whole season's going to look like? I mean, week 15, he had 22 uh, touches for 137 yards and four touchdowns. Um, right. I think John would love to see that. I can't say that I would bank on that every single week. But um, similar to you, I think my my biggest reach of the draft is going to be a, a running back who I think was taken um, just way too early. Uh, You have other running backs by committee that um, could have been invested in uh, many wide receivers, in my opinion, that would have been of better value there. Uh, And that's DeAndre Swift. That was Chase's uh, third pick, the rookie running back for the Detroit Lions. Uh, As someone who has spent uh, nearly 25 years of their life watching the Detroit Lions and their running backs, um, unless the guy you're taking is named Barry Sanders, you are probably wasting a draft pick of good value. On a Lions running back, and I mean, I'm just I'm confused by this pick. You've got Mark Ingram still on the board. You've got Kareem Hunt still on the board. Kareem Hunt, you know, has explosive value. Um, he's also kind of in an interesting backfield um, with Chubb, but uh, you know the value a guy like that has. Ronald Jones was there. Uh, Cam Akers, yeah, you guys took Cam Akers at the end of that round. I mean, you know, even that is it's a rookie running back. You don't know what's going to happen there. But if you're choosing a rookie running back between the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams, uh, I would have taken Cam Akers if, you really, if you're just dying to have a rookie running back. But I just think there was a lot of value left there on the board. I mean, Devin Singletary, David Montgomery were not picked until the following round. Raheem Mostert, Tariq Cohen, these are guys you know are going to give you some value. Um, so I don't know if Chase was you know, going for a, a keeper that early um, or if he sees something that I don't. But... Um, yeah, I'll eat my hat if a uh, Lions running back, specifically as a rookie, comes out and has a dominant season this year.
1: Yeah, I, I, Jake, I can't help but to notice a little bit of hurt in your voice there, man, when you're talking. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think some of your your pain and your history with the Lions might be swaying you a little bit there. Uh, you know, I do yeah. think Swift is an exciting guy. I think he's a talent. He's an SEC running back. Um those, there is uh, some research that has been gone through some uh, people of SEC running backs and how hard they get run in college and their uh, success in, in the pros as a result of that. Um, I think there's some guys who are the outliers to that, obviously, uh, like a Mark Ingram, but um, yeah, I mean, those guys get run hard in college on those Georgia, Alabama, you know, Florida, those, those big SEC teams that want to come out and pound the ball, and so... Who knows what kind of uh, damage Swift's body already has on it from that? Yeah. But I definitely think he's a talent. Uh, I'm not a big believer in that O-line, but who knows? I mean, we, Chase could definitely prove you wrong, and, and uh, Swift could come out and have a great season. So we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
0: It's true. It's true. And, and uh, without a doubt, there is uh, there's obviously some pain. Hopefully, you know my video is not on Jacob, so you can't see me dabbing away <laughs> my tears a little bit as I think about this life of supporting the lions. Uh, but yeah, I, I will say in, in, Chase's defense, he has, you know, he drafted, uh, Josh Jacobs, I believe is a rookie chase often, you know, investing, uh, running backs and, and just players in general who are, are young and, um, maybe, uh, people aren't as aware of exactly what they might be. Um, and so, you know what I would, I would be happy to see, uh, see me be wrong on this take, because that would mean the lions finally have a good running back. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that source subject. Jacob, we are going to dive into our team by team breakdown. Um, all 14 teams taking a, a in depth look at where they stand going into this season. Um, and we are going to do this in reverse order of our league consensus rankings. The one and only Trent Erps, uh, master of the spreadsheets, sent out a ranking to all of us. Uh, all 17 uh, league members cast their votes. And this is a consensus ranking of how everyone feels about each team's draft and how they are heading into the season. Jacob, are you ready?
1: I am ready. As uh, the Michigan great Jalen Rose says, you've got to give the people what they want. And this is <laughs> this is what the people are listening for. Where will your team be and uh, what will we say about them?
0: Amen. Amen. Jalen Rose, a true GOAT. All right, Jacob, number 14. We have no other than the 500-mil club. That is one Andrew Fry. Uh, Andrew comes in at 14th. Mason had him at 13th in his write-up rankings. ESPN had him ranked 9th. Jacob, unpack for me a little bit about why Andrew Fry came in last in his consensus rankings.
1: Oh, man, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, First (laughs) of all, he was probably... 75% 75% drunk at a wedding uh, <laughs> while drafting. You know, I cannot imagine how many he had already had at the point of this occurring. Um, I, I think where it all went wrong for Andrew uh, is at it, is it running back. So you see he goes single Terry late. He's got a wide receiver as a keeper, so he doesn't have a running back in the pocket like a lot of these guys do when they draft. Uh, he goes single Terry. He waits five rounds to get his... RB1, uh, which immediately, to me, is going to raise eyebrows. Um, He gets Singletary, sure. Maybe that guy pans out. um, But then you scroll even further down to round eight, where he attempts to get his RB2, who's Daryl Henderson, who I believe has uh, sustained an injury since draft day. And injured or not, uh, I don't think there were many people that were very confident that Henderson was going to take a big chunk out of that backfield. Uh, and that's your RB two. And so now you're looking at with Henderson out or maybe not being significant. Your replacement RB is Benny Snell, who is a consensus maybe uh, second or third in the in the team yeah. uh, line there. So I, I I just don't think he's going to have enough at running back to accomplish anything significant this season. Uh, and then of course Godwin with your first pick, you take Godwin over Julio and Hopkins, um, yeah. which is a big statement to make. I mean, maybe maybe that pans out, but that to me is a very loud statement. Uh, Julio and Hopkins are in another world, in my opinion, of, of of a Chris Godwin. But you know, with Tom Brady there, you know, maybe maybe that they they prove that right, but we'll just have to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, you make some good points. Uh, I think when you're when you're RB2, the only other running back on the roster is Benny Snell, um, who I believe is going to be probably the third running back on the depth chart there. Uh, when that's your RB2, probably not going to come any higher than 14th on the uh, the rankings here. We're going to do a little bit of a, a quick uh, recap as well as to where each owner is. Um, where they finished last season and um, their last playoff appearance. Andrew finished last season 5-8 and eight in 12th place. Andrew's hovered right around the, uh, the good old ISHN handle for a few years now. His last playoff appearance was in 2015. So Andrew is running what I believe is the second longest playoff drought in Sunday's finest. He will be looking to break that this season. Uh, again, might be difficult for him to do so, but uh, already got... Uh, Some text going with Andrew talking a little bit of trade uh, the day after the draft. So Mm -hmm. you love to see it. Um, uh, Andrew is already working the lines. um, So we'll see. We'll see if this team uh, doesn't look even a little bit different by the time, uh, uh, by the time we got kickoff two weeks from tomorrow. Jacob um, is the first NFL game of the season. Uh, And with that, we will move on to 13th place 13th in our consensus rankings is team DJ Juju, which is Madison Ladder. Probably needs a new team name now that he uh, is no longer employing DJ or Juju. (laughs) Uh, But Madison came in uh, at 12th on Mason's rankings, 6th on on the ESPN ranking, which I believe is the biggest discrepancy between uh, the league consensus ranking and uh, what came through on ESPN. I don't know how much we should really put stock in the ESPN rankings, but uh, here's Madison – yeah, exactly. Come on. Just the <laughs> analytics, uh, you know, massive company. But anyways, he comes in Bunch 13th in our ranking. Uh, Madison finished last season 8-5 and five as the four seed, but was bounced in the first round. Jacob, when you take a look at Madison's roster, what are you seeing?
1: Well, I see uh, who, in my opinion, is in the conversation for worst keeper. Um, I, I'm not a Todd Gurley believer. I think his best days are behind him. Uh, he has just been through a lot of wear and tear. He's been through a lot of touches. He's been a bell cow back for many years. Uh, he's had success. I think he's had a great career. I mean, credit to Todd Gurley, but, uh, I think he went to a a bad team. Uh, and I just don't see, I don't see an alleyway for success for for Todd Gurley this season. I could be totally wrong. He could have those Adrian Peterson genetics that, uh, Just allow him to just keep running and running and running. But uh, from what I've seen so far throughout his career and the injuries that have plagued him, uh, the team switch is just not enough to get me excited about Todd Gurley. And that's kind of where you're hoping to get a big chunk of your points. Then I move down his next two picks, Adam Thielen, Chris Carson, also injury prone, also don't inspire a lot of excitement. Then you move down another two picks. Keenan Allen, injury prone. I just, I see a lot on this team that scares me. Um, yeah. So although there is some upside, I love the Mark Andrews pick. Um, I just, yep. I just don't know. I, I, there's just a lot of uncertainty here. Uh, and I also say. Madison, credit to him, was the only person out of the draft who was willing to and openly admitted that he did not like his team. So I think <laughs> uh, I think the draft kind of got away from him a little bit. Uh, things didn't fall his way. Some of the guys he probably had circled on his wish list just didn't fall to him. So um, you know, some years that happens. And, uh, I think Madison's going to have to do some hardcore owning throughout the rest of the season of making some moves and wheeling and dealing to build himself a, a playoff team. Cause I just don't think coming out of draft day that that's what he has.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think I got to agree with you there, but I will say this. Um, I, I think, I think, you know, Mason mentioned this in the write up, but, uh, but this team, you look at it at first glance, and you're like, yikes. This is a, a team that was built for 2017, maybe 2018, not 2020. I mean, literally, outside of the guys you just mentioned, you've also got Drew Brees. And on his bench, he's got Jordan Howard, Sammy Watkins, and even Devonta Freeman, who is currently not employed by an NFL team. Um, This would have been a, a spanking good roster a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> but a guy who you said probably has uh, the worst keeper in the league, I would have expected this to be an owner who goes out early and tries to target uh, someone who's going to have really good keeper value uh, going into the next year, especially with Covid and everything going on. i was I was banking on somebody like Jonathan Taylor, um, you know a DJ Moore, somebody really young with a lot of promise that Madison might invest in with his first couple picks. Um, that is not what he did at all. Mm-hmm. Um he went with older guys who are a little bit more injury prone. But I will say and you look at a guy like Thielen, um statistically, uh without Stefan Diggs there, uh the Vikings might be passing the ball even more, new offensive coordinator. I think Thielen is a guy who could pop off if Carson or Gurley, one of them can stay healthy. Uh Madison's a good owner. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh salvage a a, a good season. Um again, he he uh, self admittedly uh didn't love his roster. Neither do we, but uh, Madison's a good owner, and uh, we'll see we'll see uh, where the season takes him. So with that, we are going to move on to the 12th place team, uh, near and dear to your heart. This is Jacob uh, and Saxton. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. Still, uh, still waiting on a team name, I believe. Um, maybe we'll we'll get that later on. But uh, they came in ranked actually 14th on Mason's roster uh, rankings and 14th on ESPN. But again, what do those guys know? Uh, you two finished the last season six and seven last year just snuck into the playoffs in that huge group of five teams finishing at six and seven but we're bouncing the first round jacob you are a, a former champion yourself uh, dating back to 2016 but you and zach are looking for your first playoff dub as co-owners tell me about your team
1: okay well you know uh it's hard hard for me to speak on my own team without being biased um you know i I think the thing that we love that we set out uh the draft to acquire was the lamar and hollywood stack um i'm a big believer in that i follow both of those guys closely you know through the whole off season they're attached at the hip they are best of friends they're from uh similar areas in florida they just speak the same language and they think the same and they just they get along like no pair I have ever seen a wide receiver and a quarterback do. So yeah. with Hollywood, the news of him putting on weight and him being healthy this year, I think uh, he is he's the guy to have. So uh, that that's a big one that I'm in love with. I totally understand if other people don't see that. Um, but I think that stack alone, you know, on any given week could, could give us 60 points. And, I mean, that in our league, that's almost enough to win a game. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, looking back on it, the Jonathan Taylor pick was probably one that I regret. I think it could pan out, uh, but I also see a world where it doesn't. Um, you know, in hindsight, seeing that um, Lenny and... Le'Veon we're both on the board. Would I have rather had one of those two and a little bit more security, knowing that we were going to turn around and take Acres, probably? Um, but you know, that's just not the way it happened. And draft day is uh, a whirlwind of excitement. And uh, we kind of <laughs> caught a wind of saying that we were going to start taking some some dice rolls and some rookies. So we we rolled that on and took Rugs later on as well, who I, th- I think is an exciting opportunity. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of rookies and then you've got AJ Dillon and Bryce Love both on the bench who, if one of those two becomes a starter on their team, I think they're both talented. They could both be worthwhile players. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some stuff to love and some stuff to hate here, but, um, you know, I think 14 is a little low, but I also can understand why we're not one. So, uh, you know, that's just, that's just my, that's just me.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I think that's a, a perfectly biased, uh, assessment. Um, not, not to, uh, not too braggadocious, but I, I you're convincing me. You're convincing me. Uh, I, I mean, I will be honest. Um, when Ryan and I went through our our mock draft uh, the week leading up to the draft, we had uh, put Hollywood Brown to you and Zach, um, but actually with your second pick. So uh, the fact that you got him with your fourth pick, I mean, he was a guy I really wanted to have. And even coming down the barrel there, um, I was starting to wonder, is there any way he could sneak all the way back to us? I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Um, Love him for all the reasons that you said. Um, I am a bit worried, though, about uh, the running back situation, like you said. Um, This is just, uh, this whole year has uh, a huge cloud surrounding it. We have no idea whether uh, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, other rookies are going to um, struggle out of the gate because they haven't had the usual preseason, um, the usual amount of touches and real game action. Uh, Maybe their coaches aren't. Um, Going to be ready to invest in them right away, or even nearly as early in the season as as talented rookie running backs would be in another year. Um, but perhaps these guys would have gone even sooner if that wasn't the case. So um, I think you know a lot of your all season really hinges on that. Um, obviously Amari Cooper uh, can can win you games, and he can also lose you games. So you're hoping to maybe get a little bit more consistency out of Amari this year with uh, some more passing options, but that could also mean he falls down a little bit. Regardless, I think, you know, uh, you said you maybe weren't crazy about your Jonathan Taylor pick, but the the first seven picks of the draft, really, eight, first eight picks of the draft, are really where, at that point going on, um, there wasn't another sure thing running back the rest of the draft. Like, a young guy who gets a lot of touches. The running backs picked after Jonathan Taylor. Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson. So, <laughs> I mean... Yeah. every single one of those guys is old. Um, you know, Fournette and Lev are being tossed around in trade rumors right now. Melvin Gordon's in a new team struggling to breathe in Denver. I read, um, David Johnson looked like he couldn't breathe all of last season. Dude was, uh, uh, barely running out there. So, you know, at that point, you need a running back. I can't really fault you for that one. Um, but I think 12, uh, yeah, we'll see whether that is, uh, is unfair one way or the other, but, uh, with that, Jacob, we will move on to the 11th place team. And that is hair of the dog, Mr. Chase Darst, which will be your rivalry week, uh, matchup this season. I believe Jacob, uh, I don't chase understand can... why <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never said anything offensive to chase in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And Zach neither. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, he also came in at number 11 on Mason's uh, rankings and seventh on ESPN. Chase Chase finished last season at 5-8, 11th place. His last last playoff appearance, lordy, lordy. His last playoff appearance was 2016, also in a bit of a rut, looking to break out this year. Tell me why that may or may not happen, Jay Moore.
1: You know what? I, I'm going to come out hot right out of the gates and say that I like Chase's team. Right. I, think, okay. I think eleven. I think eleven is low. I mean, you're looking at Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry. That's probably if you're. I can look at everyone's team right now on paper, and that's probably one of my favorite one-two punches. I mean, yep. you got Nick Chubb and Barkley. You obviously you love that Zeke and Hopkins. I love that thomas and Ken, no i mean I, I, it's probably yeah. my third favorite one-two yeah. punch in the league and yeah. in, in our league with how the talent is spread so thin your one-two punches is, is a huge chunk of your points and the, derrick henry last year looked about as close to unstoppable as you can be and tyreek yeah. hill we all know is the the probably the most freak athlete that we'll see in the next 50 years in the nfl Yeah, Uh, I mean, I love it. So Tyler Lockett (laughs) doesn't inspire a lot of excitement in me. Russell Wilson, I think, is probably, you know, on the the dropping side of the roller coaster of his career. But I don't think he's washed up. Um, We already discussed Swift a bit. Debo Samuel is a young talent. I mean, Matt Breida was a guy that me and Zach wanted I just don't hate it. I mean, if Fitzgerald can yep. squeak out another semi-relevant year, uh, I mean, it's just there's there's some stuff to like on this team. I mean, I don't think he's going to win the championship, but I, I think 11 is a little low. All
0: right. All right. I see that. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Henry and Tyreek, those two alone had 10 games last season where they, one of them scored 24 or more points. And I believe five games where one of them scored at least 30 points. Those are two guys who can win you a week, period. You pair that with somebody like Russell Wilson, um, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett is maybe a little bit more uh, lower ceiling but lower floor. Although he had a 40-point week last season, a 34-point week last season. He's got a lot of guys who can go out and just win you a week flat out. I think the question with Chase is going to be whether that can be consistent and whether these guys can stay healthy. Um, Tyreek, obviously, as quick as he is, has had some trouble staying on the field. I think a lot of Chase's season hinges on that right there. Um, You know how I feel about DeAndre Swift uh, from the the top of the episode here, so I won't belabor that uh, too much more. I will say uh, a pick that I was scratching my head at, though, was was Debo Samuel, um, third pick of the fifth round. Um, You've still got a couple guys on the board who, um, I don't know, I I think have got more value – than a guy like Debo who's hurt, not a hundred percent sure when he's going to be returning uh, the 49ers passing offense. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting pick to look back on. Um, Maybe chase got good value there because um, Debo is hurt. Uh, But some of the wide receivers who were taken immediately after AJ green, Jamison Crowder, Will Fuller. um, Those are all guys who can pop off as well. And are probably going to be in um, offenses that are maybe slinging the ball a little bit more. So I'm not no. quite as sold on Chase's team as you are, but I don't hate him as much after uh, hearing you, uh, you know, bump the stock up a little bit. That's uh, that's some good, some nice, nice kind words. Uh, we'll we'll see if that's still uh, how you feel week eight uh, when you two are facing each other down the barrel.
1: <laughs> I think I think a big question, the the ultimate question for Chase's team coming into this season is: Has Tyler Lockett had sex yet? <laughs> I mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be it. I mean, has he lost his virgin superpowers? Or is, you know, I mean, it, it's like it's like Samson, you know, did he cut his hair or what what's going on? So uh, that's that's going to be the deal breaker for me on Tyler Lockett. I'll have to do some research after this, but we'll have to see.
0: <laughs> that is the insight uh, that we were looking for, Jay Moore. That is why you were brought on as a uh, co-host. That we, we no one else in the league can give that kind of uh, burning insight. So with <laughs> that, uh, we, we will move on to number 10 in the consensus rankings and that is Jackson Humphrey knocking on Evan's door, also placed 10th on Mason's rankings, 5th on ESPN's. Jackson finished last season at 6-7, and 7, just missing the playoffs. Um, Jackson looked like he was going to be in the playoffs almost all season and kind of tailed off towards the end. Um, his last playoff appearance was in 2018. Tell me if you think Jackson is going to be knocking on Evan's door or, or another door this season, Jacob.
1: Whew. Well, you know, I, I think one immediate question that I, that we already discussed, some in the group me, I think we may have some differing in, in opinions is, is the uh, David Montgomery injury relevant to Tariq Cohen? Um, David Montgomery recently, uh, as of the time of this recording, I'm not sure when you guys will hear this, um, has left the field with a non-contact injury. I think we all know what non-contact usually means, uh, it's just the, the, the hard truth, uh, so that could be some sort of tear, uh, some sort of long-term injury, uh, and we had a bit of discussion in the group me of that not affecting Tariq Cohen because maybe he doesn't fill that role. I don't know if I agree. I, I think Tariq Cohen is talented, and I think when he is given the chance to get more touches, I think he could do something with it. So you you, you look into that right there. He got a free player today, in my opinion. Uh, when you have a guy get injured preseason or even during the season and you've got the backup or a guy who could fill the spot, you just got a free player. Um, yeah. That being said... I also love the one-two punch here. I think Jacobs is young, healthy, uh, exciting, talented. You know, I think they, they proved that they want to feed him the ball last year a good amount. Evans finally got a talented quarterback. I mean, who knows what in the world Mike Evans is going to do. As talented <laughs> yeah. as this guy has been with a blind man with less than 10 fingers apparently throwing him the ball <laughs> for the last however many years of his career. I mean, Mike Evans is a big one to me. With it being a keeper league, we had no shot at him, but – I'm horrified to see what Mike Evans can do with an actual quarterback throwing him the ball. So yeah. um, we will see what how that pans out. Um, you know, looking down the rest, I think he had a kind of weak back half of his draft. Um, just not a lot of stuff to get excited here. Uh, but, you know, you, you never know. He always takes kicker early. I, I think sometimes that can penalize. You know, me and Zach talked about that a lot leading up to the draft of, you know, not wasting picks. Um, yeah and I don't know. I mean, yeah, you want to seal up having Tucker. That's great. I, you know, I'm glad you have him, but I don't know. There might be some talent, you know, sitting there in that pick that other guys were able to scoop up because you were to take your kicker five rounds too early. So, um, that's, that's kind of my take on Jackson's team.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I actually, I'm almost, I'm almost feeling the way you were feeling about Chase's team, about Jackson's team. When I look at this roster, I, again, I, I don't see one guy who's going to you know, just blow the doors off the way, you know, a Tyreek or a Derrick Henry might, but I don't really see a glaring weakness in the starting lineup. I mean, from top to bottom, Dak is going to have a great fantasy season. Josh Jacobs, Tariq Cohen, like you just said, um, should be pretty consistent. Then Mike Evans and, and Calvin Ridley, um, you talk about how great Evans could be this year. I think Ridley's got a lot of potential um, in the Falcons offense. Um, some pieces have been moved around. He could be a guy who, who takes another step this season. Uh, Mike Jusecki at tight end uh, is an interesting pick to me. I think that's another guy who a lot of the fantasy football experts are are pretty high on. Uh, maybe Jackson got some value there. I don't hate that as a late round tight end. Guy's got some value. And then Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton um, is an incredible athlete. Dude had a great season last year. Uh, came in at wide receiver 19. Um, but, you know, I, I think... Uh, again, this is kind of maybe similar to your guy Amari Cooper. They drafted a, a very talented rookie wide receiver, but if anything, that might take some of the coverage away from Cortland Sutton. Um, I was reading just this past week that he has been dominating in training camp. Uh, one of the stronger flex options, and even they've got Emmanuel Sanders on their bench. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think this this uh, this team's got some some potential. Uh, maybe 10 is a little bit too low for them in my mind. I think I rank Jackson more like seven or eight. Um so we'll we'll see how uh, this year shakes out for for Lenny. Um, uh, but with that, we will move on to uh, the ninth place team. And that is Connor Paws at Kent guard Mike also came in at ninth on Mason's rankings. Uh, Mason seemed to be nailing most of these predictions and eleventh in ESPN's rankings. Connor finished last season, six and seven in ninth place. Uh, his last playoff appearance was in two thousand and eighteen. Connor is, uh, one of the most consistent owners in Sunday's Finest, I think, I mean, this might be the first year he's ever missed the playoffs. Maybe only one other time. Um, dude is pretty dang consistent. What do you see in this roster, Jacob Morris?
1: Well, the the, the thing that that is going to make or break the season is the Travis Kelsey pick. I mean, yeah. he set the tone for his entire draft right there. Um, now I- I'm speaking off the cuff a little bit of my memory and I could be wrong. And if so, then forgive me. I want to say, did did Mason not take Travis Kelsey both of the last two years early in the draft and then win championships?
0: He did. Well, he took Zach Ertz early in the draft Ertz. two years ago. And then he and took then Travis Kelsey, Kelsey uh, at the beginning of the draft last year. So yes, an elite tight end has been a recipe for success for Mason for two straight seasons. And to be honest, early actually, in the draft. Yeah. Two years ago, uh, Ryan and I took Travis Kelsey with our first pick. And then we had Hooper last year who really um, was pretty consistent for most of the year. So elite tight end play can definitely be a key to success in our 14 team league.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm curious to see if uh, Mason's three championship rings are swaying some strategy in the league. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I personally, we did some mocks where we took Andrews early. You know, I'm a, as much of a Ravens homer as I am. I, I would have loved to have taken Andrews, but we determined that the price that you have to pay to take a tight end that, that early is just too too high of a price because you just okay. give up so much at your skill positions. Um and what Connor, in my opinion, tried to do to make up for that was to wait on quarterback. And me and him talked after the draft, and he he openly admitted as well, I wanted to wait on quarterback, and I waited too long. And he got bit, in my opinion. I mean, you look down his roster all the way down to round 15, he took his quarterback, and it's Minshew, who was yeah. like a fringe starter last year. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. he created some excitement and and became a meme, but I mean, he really <laughs> wasn't clinging on to that starting job that tightly. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean that that's gonna be an area of concern that, in my opinion, he's gonna have to address. Um, I love that he locked up both Ravens running backs, so he's got the the current, you know, the present and the future in the Ravens backfield. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that pick. I think if Ingram goes down or if Ingram starts to show signs of age, I think Dobbins is going to be a young, talented guy who's ready to step in and just immediately fill that hole, and I think he'll be great. So I, I love that he secured that for himself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, my honest opinion is that David Johnson is like – he was washed three years ago, so he's yeah. like fully <laughs> clean at this point. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know about David Johnson. We'll see if that pans out. But, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I'm looking at here.
0: Totally. Yeah, I, I was – I was uh, kind of hoping for for our guy James Conner to fall to us. If you look at, uh, at Conner's, um, the the uh, logo for his team, it is still a picture of James Conner, <laughs> um, who I believe was his first pick last season, or maybe acquired. But regardless, um, I thought that's who Conner was going to go with at this point. Um, and when he picked David Johnson, I, I was feeling pretty excited. Um, I think the guy was washed three years ago as well. Um, but otherwise, uh, I think, I think this is a very good team. And to be, to be blunt, you just know Connor's going to acquire a good running back in a trade this season. I mean, dude, dude has yeah. some kind of magical powers. I think that he, uh, he uses against us. Uh, he always seems to pick up good guys in trade. So I agreed on the, the Ravens backfield. I think will be strong for Connor. Um, he's got two wide receivers, Michael Gallup and John Brown, um, uh, both of which I think, you know, the second option on their team um, but maybe uh, that is going to be helpful for them. Th- those two guys, I think, could really be uh, pivotal in Connor's Connor's season. Um, but I, again, I think, like you said, uh, so much of this year for Connor depends on the tight end spot, Travis Kelsey. I and mean, we'll see. You know, if Connor has a strong year this year, goes out and wins a championship, um, and this is another year where um, having that number one tight end uh, leads you to a championship, you might see uh, tight end be a keeper or uh, the number one pick in the draft next year.
1: It just Uh, might be the move.
0: Yeah, seriously. So with that, we will move to number eight. That is Jake Davis. Team Skittles also came in at eighth on Mason's rankings uh, and 13th on the ESPN rankings. Jake Davis finished last season at seven and six, the five seed and advanced to the semifinals, where he just missed on making it to the championship game. Jake is a former champion dating back to 2017. Jay Moore, what do you see about Team Skittles?
1: Okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna preemptively ask for Jake's forgiveness on this, and oh boy, uh, there's someone go. else down the line who's gonna have a similar experience. But oh. I'm gonna go opposite of how I felt about Jackson's team here. I hate this team. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, there's like top to bottom, hardly anything that I like. Uh, oh. I just, I think George Kittle is fine. I mean. I think everyone got really excited about George Kittle and that he is an outstanding tight end, but such a huge part of him being an outstanding tight end is that he is an, a out other blocker and yeah. he is going to do that a lot. And they are going to run the ball a lot. I mean, I, I, Kittle, Kittle is great. Yeah. Yeah. Take it what it is. Joe Mixon is, has had injuries He's on a terrible team that has no future of getting better. I'm not a Joe Burrow. It's it's not going to get better. He's on a horrible team. He's not going to have blocking. He might get some receptions that will bump up his scoring, but your one-two punch of Kittle and Mixon does not inspire me. DJ Moore on a team that really is up in the air on their quarterback. I love Teddy, but they're not going to be a high-scoring offense. That ball is going to go through Christian McCaffrey. Cooper Cup, I think you and I have different opinions on. I, I, he doesn't inspire me either. I don't know if it's just because he's white or what my problem is with him. I just He doesn't excite me. David Montgomery's hurt. Will Fuller, I'm going to go ahead and say he's hurt. He's not, but he will be. Tevin Coleman's hurt. He already is. I, I'm sure he will be. Jalen rigor we don't know I mean I, there's just nothing here top to bottom where I'm like wow I can't you know uh, just I don't get it I don't know I, I could be way off and maybe he wins a championship I think Jake's a good owner but there's just nothing I, I, there's no nothing exciting here for me
0: yeah that's that's quite the take man um this this is an interesting roster I don't think there's any doubt about that Jake's team was one that I had a hard time placing in my rankings i don't think it's shocking that he came up at eight in this ranking and eight in mason's rankings i think that's about where i stuck him i really didn't know which way to go with him for a long time um i i think that mixon has more value than maybe you're giving him credit for Um, yes he's on a terrible terrible offense last season uh joe burrow i think is going to inject new life into this team Um, you know uh, hopefully aj green is back they drafted t higgins this year Um, I think this offense could be quite a bit better. Um, and you look at this guy, he posted his last five weeks of the season, 17, 27, 18, 9, and 30. That's good. And they were still a terrible team then. So they're going to be better. I think Mixon's a guy who could take a step this year. Um, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a top five RB, but I think he could be a top 10 running back. And, um, you know, DJ Moore and Cooper cup, um, I think, you know, you've already heard what I think about Cooper Cup. I thought that was an excellent pick. And DJ Moore, um, I think if there's any wide receiver stocks really flying up right now, DJ Moore, yes, they have uh, some QB change. But the dude produced, um, coaches seem to really like him. He's freakishly athletic. Um, And, again, I think the George Kittle pick, yes, he's an excellent blocker, Um, probably, you know, An even better tight end in real life than he is in fantasy football. And he was the number two tight end in fantasy football last season. But the dude only caught a touchdown in five games last season. Never had a game catching more than a single touchdown. So if he can improve that, where he's getting a touchdown every other game or, you know, two touchdowns in a game from, you know, every once in a while, which is not unheard of for a guy who they just paid astronomical money to, Uh, I I think Zach Kittle, or Zach Kittle, George Kittle, George Kittle, Zach Kittle, don't (laughs) think he's playing in the NFL, Uh, George Kittle could have uh, quite a strong year this year, and and we'll see. The RB2, obviously, especially with Montgomery going down, is a pretty weak spot right now. Don't think he wants to plug in uh, Sonny (laughs) Michelle. And uh, Dante Pettis getting picked. Um, I was not expecting uh, Dante Pettis to be rostered in uh, Sunday's finest this season, but, you know, we'll see where it goes, Jacob. Uh, With that, we are entering the uh, uh, seventh pick now, or pardon me, the seventh place team in our rankings, and that is, Hashtag secure the bag. Stefan Albiero, Mr. Double Move Sports, part one. Uh, Steph came in seventh in Mason's rankings again. This is five spots in a row. I think Mason had the same, same ranking as the consensus rankings and twelfth in ESPN's rankings. Steph has uh, Steph is looking for his first playoff appearance. He finished last season at six and seven, which brought him into tenth place. He was at the bottom of that stack of six and seven teams. Jacob, what do you see? Will Steph be hashtag securing the bag this season?
1: Okay. Uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> so no. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I, I think that Devontae Adams is going to be dependent on Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers went really, really late in our draft. So if he yeah. does re-become Aaron Rodgers and do the things that we all know he can do... Devontae Adams is going to be outstanding. I I have no doubt about that. He's going to be great. Uh, He could be as high as the top three or four receiver this year. Sanders is a guy who it seemed like everyone loved last year, and then all of a sudden, everyone kind of flipped on and was just kind of like, well, Philadelphia doesn't really do bell cow backs, and he, you know didn't inspire a lot of, you know, you know, we had Sanders last year and the thing I loved about him was his receiving. I I think he's an outstanding receiver. I watched him make a couple of catches last year downfield that most running backs can't make. Um, So I like Sanders more than it seems like the rest of the world does. Melvin Gordon though, is a different story. I I don't believe the team change is going to be beneficial for him. Um, I think he's, I don't know if it's just because I think he's a diva or his little holdout that he thinks he's worth more money than he is, or what it is about Melvin Gordon, but I'm not really excited about him in Denver. DJ Shark, a guy that I had to constantly talk Zach out of wanting to take in the draft. I just he doesn't inspire me either. I know he had good numbers last year. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just I think it's probably more of a me problem than anything. Now I'll say the next two there I love. Metcalf in seattle i think is a is a stud uh he's got a great quarterback throwing him the ball um he's a genetic freak him and aj brown are just cut out of a different mold and so i love that pick and i love watson i think a healthy watson is a top three or four quarterback in the league getting him in the sixth round i think that's great so I think he's got three guys that I feel great about and then probably three guys that I don't know about. And that's the majority of where his scoring is going to come from. So I I think the middle of the pack projection here is actually perfect for Steph because I, I think there's just good and bad. So,
0: Yep. Yep. yeah, he places right in the middle at seventh. Um, And, and I think I think that that's fair. Uh, but I will say I, I think there's there's uh, some sneaky talent on this team. Like you said, Miles Sanders. I actually traded Miles, you know, uh, Ryan and I traded him to you and Zach last year. Uh, so we've both watched quite a bit of him. And dude is talented. Uh, you know, no doubt about that. I think so much of it just really hinges on whether or not Miles Sanders is really going to be a bell cow back in Philly. Um, is Doug Peterson actually going to give somebody the chance to do that? If he is, it's probably going to be Miles Sanders. If it's not, y'all keep drafting Eagles running backs at the top of the draft because it's never going to happen. Um, Devontae Adams, I'll say Aaron Rodgers, I... I have the sneaking suspicion dude's going to go nuclear and just absolutely torch the NFL this season with something to prove that his team has given up on him, drafted a quarterback. They Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. um, If we can make that a verb, they basically did to him what they did to Brett Favre, didn't give him a wide receiver. And I just think the dude has the potential to just pop off. And if he's going to do that, Devontae Adams might be the best wide receiver in fantasy football this season, so I think uh, I think he's got a lot of potential there. And I will say maybe sneaky good pick for me is Blake Jarwin, uh, somebody that a lot of the the analysts are kind of high on. Um, it, this team, you know, obviously with Steph and Alex, um, you know, providing the insight that they do on Double Move Sports. I was actually listening into the podcast both because uh, they have a fantastic podcast, have um, just loved to see the growth of those guys. Um, I brought about and the work that they are doing um, big things in store for both of them. Um, But I was listening and and wondering to myself uh, whether they were both going to draft running backs with the first two picks um, because they were both, you know, really big on that idea specifically in this draft Um, and to pass up on guys like Kenny Galladay, Calvin Ridley, Lockett, Juju um, to get a running back like Melvin Gordon. It wasn't the pick for me, Uh, but you know what? Maybe you'll prove me wrong. All in all, I think outside of Melvin Gordon, I I do like this team quite a bit. Um, So we'll see what's in store for Mr. Stefan Albiero. We are now entering the top six teams, which means these are the teams predicted to make the Sunday's Finest playoffs. Coming in at number six is the one and only, the father of Sunday's Finest, the Papa John, best name in Sunday's Finest probably ever, Congrats to the new father. Uh, John came in at 5th on Mason's rankings, 10th in ESPNs. Um, John finished last season at 6-7, and Uh, another one of those teams who finished right there in the middle. His last playoff appearance was in 2018. John is the 2014 champion and a model of consistency in Sunday's Finest. Uh, Definitely not surprised to see him come in as a playoff-ranked team. Jacob, what do you see in this roster?
1: Hmm. Okay. So this is the other team that I had pre-slated on my hate list. Uh, I just <laughs> now, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm taking a second stab at it and yeah. I i love Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson is a talent. I've got him in our dynasty Same. league. I'm very excited to have him. Yeah, uh, I got a water bet.
0: I got a water bet with Alex about Justin Jefferson. So we're, we're all on that. Bandwagon. Both
1: Justin Jefferson believers. I love that yep. he got him where he got him. Um, Stafford, I think, is due for a good year. If not, I think he's done. I mean, I think his career is winding down. If he doesn't have one more good year in him, uh, and I think that could be this year. Um, I already kind of spoke my piece on the Kenyon Drake pick. I think he's too early. I just, I'm not convinced. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is really talented. I just, I just don't know about Kenyon Drake. Um, if the Stafford thing that I just talked about happens, then I think Galladay could have a really fine season. If it doesn't, I think he could bust. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton, and, and yeah, sure, I'm the hurt ex-girlfriend, but T.Y. Hilton and could score zero points this season. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think that guy is just a walking garbage can with legs. I, I just – I if I saw T.Y. Hilton on the street, I'm pretty sure I would spit on him. So <laughs> – that that's how I feel about T. Y. Hilton. I'm never gonna like a team that has T. Y. Hilton. I wouldn't pick him up off waiver wires if 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 I needed a wide receiver to start the night before and he was available, I wouldn't pick him up. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah. So Tyler Boyd, I think is you know he depending on A. J. Green's situation. He could be the premier wide receiver in Cincy with a new yeah. talented quarterback. I, I think Tyler Boyd could be good. So my immediate my, – my my first reaction was that this was on my hate list, but now circling back on it, I, I don't hate it as much as I thought I did. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's got some stuff to be excited about here. And um, I, I I think the thing that hurt him uh, if just from – because I sat next to him at the draft. When we took – um AJ Dillon I yeah. I heard I heard his pain just like emit out of his, <laughs> his heart and uh he, you see at the very last pick he yeah. took Jamal Williams as like a last second attempt to lock up some of Green Bay's backfield yeah. um but I I just think that they I have a sneaking suspicion that AJ Dillon is the future of that backfield and if that happens and Aaron Jones busts then he's gonna have a hard season
0: yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Honestly, it's kind of crazy to think that Aaron Jones was RB two last year in PPR. Um, for his stock to be this low after putting out such a strong season is kind of kind of wild. But the dude scored fifteen touchdowns last season.
1: He's not going
0: to do that. He's not going to do that again this season. Especially he had with four
1: Abraham. in one game, did he not?
0: Yeah, he had four in one game, and I think he had. Uh, Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five multi-touchdown games of that backfield, just rushing. Um, And then he actually had a couple games where he caught a touchdown. So maybe like more like five or six games where he scored multiple touchdowns. It's not going to happen again this season. Um, And you feel for the guy. I mean, there's so much promise in Aaron Jones. You feel for Aaron Jones. You feel for John um, a little bit. But uh, I think for me, the Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay stack is going to be really interesting to watch because... I agree. Stafford could very well be on the tail end of his career. He also was really strong to start off last season before he went down. He um, yeah. was putting up some really good numbers, probably the best in fantasy football he'd had since maybe the second or third year in the league. Um, and if he's trying to prove that he still is relevant in the NFL, I think he's going to come out really fire in this season. Matt Patricia's, you know, coaching for his job as well. So this team wants to win. I don't, you know, you heard the pain in my voice earlier. I, I don't think they're going to, But you know what? Um, There's there's always a little bit of hope that we have each season and it's not crushed completely yet. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Not a fan of the T.Y. Hilton pick there either. Um, You know, maybe part of you can start to say that, um, well, you know, his stock's falling a little bit. Take him now. TJ Shark, A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin were the next three wide receivers taken off the board. You're telling me that those guys are going to score less than T.Y. in this season? No, I I will
1: personally guarantee right now, this moment, write it down, waterbed it, whatever you want. All three of those guys will score more points than T.Y. (laughs) Held. I have no doubt
0: in my mind. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think that's a pretty good assessment of John's team. Also think that uh, Tyler Boyd could have a strong season. And Justin Jefferson, we're rooting for you, buddy. That is John's team. We are moving on to number five in the consensus rankings, and that is Zeke Gotta Eat, Trent and Hunter, coming in at sixth on Mason's rankings and first on the ESPN rankings. Trent and Hunter finished last season five and eight, 13th place. Not where they want to finish this season. They have not made the playoffs together, and Trent's last playoff appearance was in 2017. Can this be the year that they break in and make a deep run? We will see. Jacob, what do you think?
1: I love this team. <clears> yeah, I really do. This was on my love list. Uh, I had, you know, probably two loves, two hates, and everyone else was somewhere in between. Um, I feel good about this team. I really do. I think Zeke and Hopkins is a horrifying one-two punch. I mean, yes. though, that that is a throat punch of two guys you just don't want to go up against. Yep. Uh, and then he's got the Kyler Murray stack with Hopkins. So when Hopkins goes off, Kyler's going to go off, and that's going to hurt. Um, I, I'm a Lenny believer. I think a lot of people aren't, I do, you know, you were mentioning earlier about the trade talks. There could be a team switch that could be, you know, detrimental. Um, but I think Leonard Fournette's just a talented dude. Um, and he's going to find a way to score. So I I don't know how I feel about Kareem Hunt. I think Nick Chubb is obviously the, the talent and the bell cow in that backfield, but I guess Kareem Hunt has the ability to get points because of PPR and everything else going on. Uh, in that backfield but I love the Kyler Hopkins stack with Lenny and Zeke I mean that's just four dudes that could just tear you down and then you got Darren Waller who is was exceptional at tight end last year yep. you got Jerry Judy who you know out of the the big rookie names right you had Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy and um, Henry Ruggs. For the Raiders, the Rugs that yep. we took so yep. Yep. Uh, of those four, it's, it's a, it's, it's up in the air of who, okay. Who's going to, who of these guys is going to be great. Uh, and Jerry Judy absolutely could be that guy. So, I mean, the, the one through seven on this team is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the back half of his draft could have been better. Um, I, I think I just don't see a lot of playable talent in here. Mm-hmm. Um and you know in our league that's kind of where I'm always thinking of like would I be able to play this guy if I had to and I just don't see that in the back half of his team so yeah. I, and of their team so that's where I think they they kept themselves out of like the top three conversation but man their first seven picks are terrifying to me
0: yeah I, I I think that I ranked them second and I think this is probably the best starting lineup from top to bottom. Uh, after the draft, this, this team, like I said, is scary good. Kyler Murray, QB eight last season, stock going up. Zeke was RB three. Lenny was RB seven. Hopkins was wide receiver five. Darren Waller was tied in three. I mean, these guys Ooh. were all at the top tier of their position last season. And yeah. they got them for good value, most of these guys. I mean, this is just, it's it's a really, really solid roster. Um, I, I think you, you pretty much uh, hit it all on the head, man. This is a good team from top to bottom. Um, and I even think somebody like McCole Hardman could uh, come off their bench and have a strong season this year. Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow's got a tough schedule from what I believe to start. Um, but that dude could come around and, and be a solid option for them at QB. They could have two uh, two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, um, potentially dangle that out as trade bait. Um, and I think, you know, for them, a lot of their season kind of hinges a little bit on Kareem Hunt. Um, I'm hopeful Kareem doesn't eat into the backfield too much uh, for for our boy Nick Chubb. Uh, but Kareem Hunt is he's uber talented. And um, we'll, we'll have to see whether they incorporate him more into the pass game. I think they've even lined him up at slot a little bit um, during training camp. So a lot to watch here on this roster. The one thing I will say is this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Trent and Hunter's team was ranked first or second in the preseason rankings last year, and they finished second to last. So on paper, this team is good, but on paper, this team has been good before and not produced. So I think that uh, Trent and Hunter have shown that they can draft well. The question is whether they can manage a team throughout the season that can make its way into the playoffs. And with that— So they're they're basically oh, yeah. like
1: John Calipari, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Great recruiters, yeah. terrible coaches.
0: I'll keep, uh, I'll keep my college basketball comments uh, out of here. I'm just happy Jawan Howard is staying in Michigan. We're That's moving so on to number four. <laughs> We're moving on to number four in the rankings, and that is Mr. ISHN himself, Alex Lott, who came in at first in Mason's rankings, third on ESPNs. Alex finished last season in dead last, 4-9. And I have to, I have to share a stat here that was shocking to me. Alex has not made the playoffs. Since 2014, six-year playoff drought <laughs> for Mr. Lott, who I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by that. I, I always feel like, you know, Alex has a great team after the draft. Um, he drafts well, but as you know, this man likes to trade. Jacob, is this roster, as it is, good enough to win a championship with one or two minor moves, or do you think we're going to see another year of crazy trades from Alex Lott?
1: Yes, I, I think if everything goes <laughs> Alex's way, I, I think that this could be a championship-caliber team. Now, what yeah. has to go his way, uh, there's a few things that I feel like have to happen. Uh, Rojo has to come out strong and take over and be the bell cow back in Tampa Bay. Yep. Um, you know, I think they've got probably three names floating around. I can't recite them all off the top of my head, but I know that he's not the only back in Tampa yep. that is being spoken of getting touches. Tyler yep. Higby. That guy lit the world on fire the last, what, four games
0: of the season last year? Yep. Incredible numbers. I mean, yeah. I, I don't Unbelievable. think there's really been a tear like that before.
1: <laughs> yeah, if that if that continues and, and Higby is going to play like that, then, I mean, that's almost enough <laughs> in itself. Yep. So I love Devontae Parker. I think he had a coming yeah. out party last year he's dealt with some injuries. He's dealt with some bad quarterbacks, but I think he is, uh, he's reaching his precipice. I think he's getting to his peak, um, of his, of his age and his talent and everything. So I think it's a great year to have Vontae, um, Julio. I've already spoken about how I loved the Julio pick. He fell into his arms. So you got Camara, Vontae, Julio. I mean, those are three big scorers, Yep. Um, you got CeeDee Lamb as a stash away who could come on strong in the back half of the season once he gets his stride as a rookie. Uh, Lev Bell, I mean, I think everyone in the league feels similarly about Lev Bell. I just don't think there's a lot of belief in him, and it's mostly because of Adam Gase. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I I think that the, it's just going to be hard for Jets players to succeed. I just don't yeah. know what they're doing there. I don't know what the plan is. I know things went south with Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell and that Adams was a big recruiter of Lev to New York, and now he's gone, so Le'Veon might want out. Who knows? Um, That could be a make-or-break thing, but I love some of the talent on this roster. I think if uh, if he makes some deals down the line that, that actually make his team better and not worse, I definitely think this could be Alex's year.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, man. This is a talented team top to bottom, I think that the best thing Alex did this year in the draft was pair guys who are young, uh, many of which rookies, with guys who um, are older, more established, and maybe on their way out the door. So you look at something like you said, you know, Ronald Jones could be taken over in Tampa Bay. You pair that with Lev Bell. Don't necessarily love uh, Lev Bell for a full you know, 16-game season, uh, but if he's on his way out, hopefully Ronald Jones is on his way up. Golden Tate. Always been a solid fantasy football player. Probably going to have a strong start to the year. Maybe he starts to tail off a little bit. Guy's aging. He's got C. D. Lamb sitting on his bench. Um, he's got Tony Pollard sitting on his bench in case somebody like Zeke gets hurt. Daniel Jones is a QB who, um, you know, uh, quite a few experts were kind of high on as a guy with some sneaky upside, potentially able to rush the ball a little bit. Pairs him with Matt Ryan. So at, at almost every turn, Alex has a very consistent fantasy football player at their position and a guy sitting on his bench who could quickly take over um, if that stock proves to be on the way up. So I, I think an excellent draft from Alex. Um, again, Devontae Parker, great pick. Um, but a, part of this is, you know, Devontae Parker had a coming out party last season because he got away from Adam Gase. Uh, mm-hmm. Lebell is still stuck there. So exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see what this team can be. We'll see whether Higby is the real deal. Um, you know, it's quite a few question marks around this team, but if even a couple of them are answered well, this is a very good, very, very good fantasy football team. And with that, we will move on to our top three coming in third overall, which is a place he knows well. Riley Hayes, restore the roar, came in at third on Mason's rankings, fourth in ESPN. He finished last season nine and four, which was third place overall. Lost in the semifinals, third place, uh, bronze medal finish. Uh, I'm going to throw a stat out here at you that kind of blew my mind about Riley. Um, he has three straight playoff appearances. And over the last three regular seasons, Riley has a regular season record of 27-12. and 27-12 in a league that I think, parody-wise, everybody's got a chance to win every year. Most games are close. For Riley to go 27-12 and 12 over the last three seasons... Uh, is incredible frankly and yet Riley has not won a playoff game in any of those three seasons so the question is not whether Riley can draft well he obviously does he comes to number three in our rankings the question is whether Riley can make that push win a couple playoff games and potentially even bring home his first championship Jacob what do you think
1: I am not a Dalvin cook believer. I'll I'll come out. I'll come right out and say it. I I had Dalvin. I've kept Dalvin. I've had Dalvin for, um, you know, second to Riley, probably as long as anyone in our league and the guy just, he's so talented, but he's dealt with serious injuries at every level. I mean, he, I, I want to say he tore two ACLs in college. Yeah, And then has come back from that, has shown that he still has gas in the tank, and then gets more and more injuries in the NFL. I just don't know. He's such a question mark to me. But to turn that around, the pick of his draft, round eight, grabbing Alexander Madison. I, I think yeah. Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard are the two best handcuffs in the league. Uh, Mm -hmm. because not only because they're, they're backups to bell cow backs, but because they're actually talented. Like if they were on a different team, I think they could play well. So yeah, I love that he grabbed Madison. That is a year changer for him. Um, that was brilliant. Uh, Eckler, I think is a guy who, you know, with, the quarterback change, nobody just, nobody knows. I think he definitely has proven that he's talented. He's, he's ripped to the freaking core. I mean, I've seen some yeah. off season pictures of that dude that make me wonder about my sexuality. And I mean, I think he's super talented now. Alan Robinson, I don't get excited about. I, I just, I, I think no matter who's playing quarterback there, I just don't know uh, about a Rob. I, I, you know, I think he is talented. I love the AJ Brown pick a little bit of a Homer Titans pick for Riley there, but the dude's a freak. Um, Mostert's a sleep, a sleeper guy who, you know, if he is the the main guy in San Francisco, he's going to score points. They love running the ball. He's talented. He, he took them deep in that playoff run, you know, and had a lot of amazing runs. So, uh, I don't know. There's a lot to like, there's just a lot to yeah. like here. And then going back to what I was talking about with Jackson about not wasting picks. I, I think he, if you looked all the way down his roster, there is a scenario where every one of these guys could be startable. And yep. that's that's what I'm talking about. That he did not take a single bad pick. Where it's like, why in the world did you take him? Because yep. yep. even his last few skill positions, he took Deshaun Jackson, who could still have something to tank. Alshon yep. Jeffrey, who could still have something to tank, and Chris Thompson, who is a receiving threat in a PPR league. I mean, is, those are three guys in the last in the last five picks that are all could be starters.
0: And no doubt,
1: you know. And I look, I look other teams and who they're taking and they're taking these third string guys and these deep sleeper guys who may not even see the field this year. And I'm like, he, he got scoring through the entire draft. And I I think there's that there's, there's something to be credited for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Riley is every single year. uh, Somebody whose draft I look at and think that was an a plus job Um, that doesn't change the season. It's a fantastic draft. He comes out with RB6 and RB4, um, and Eckler and Dalvin Cook from last year. In our league, to have two of the top six running backs going into another season is pretty pretty fantastic. Um, I it think is. A-Rob's got some potential. Um, Matt Nagy hasn't really made the family proud, to be perfectly honest with you, last season. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think A-Rob's got some potential to, to have a stronger year this year. And A.J. Brown is a guy who, um, again, just uber-talented – Kind of reminds me of another guy in his roster, A.J. Green, when he was a bit younger. So we'll see. I think, like you said, this this team um, didn't really have a bad pick. Antonio Gibson um, is another guy who I think could could surprise some people and have a good season this year. Um, And Mostert. Mostert, I think, had this interesting phenomenon where, you know, he finished last year just putting up ridiculous numbers. Then says that he wants a new contractor. He's going to demand a trade. He demands a trade. And and I felt kind of quietly got a new deal. Um, I I felt like there wasn't that much chatter about that. Like they paid him a a running back who has bounced around and been unemployed in the NFL from time to time was returning kicks and punts. And Riley got this guy with the seventh pick of the fourth round. Um, I don't know how many of us were watching the playoffs last season. If We let this guy fall that far and they paid him. I think Mostert could be a sneaky good pick. I'm just wondering where the heck he starts him, because this is such a good roster. So we'll see. Um, again, think Riley's always got a good team. Uh, that doesn't change this year. Big question mark for him is uh, how deep it can take him. And with that, uh, we are moving on to the second-place team. And if Riley knows anything about third, Jacob, Ryan, and I know a lot about second. We come in at number two on the consensus rankings behind someone we know... Uh, Mike's coming in first. We came in at fourth on Mason's rankings, eighth on ESPN's. We finished last season, of course, 10-3, first place in the regular season, but lost in our second straight championship to Mason Paws. What are you looking at with Ryan and I's roster, Quarantine Barkley, which, by the way, thought that was a pretty creative name.
1: It was good. It was good. I got to <laughs> give it to you. Now, be honest. Did you Google it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't get credit for that, man. Come on. Oh, not that there smart. it goes.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you still but, get but, some points, but you know, yeah. you lose a few for the Google. Um, but My, I like it.
0: Our logo is a face mask with Saquon uh, hurdling a dude, which I did <laughs> on, uh, on the interwebs as well. So, yeah.
1: Very um, relevant. Very topical. I appreciate yeah. that. So... <laughs> uh, if you guys were to win the championship and that would be on the trophy, that would be very funny to look back on of the 2020 year and remembering everything. so uh it would be funny if we got more topical uh, quarantine team names for this year just so we could remember it. Um, so I'm looking at one, two three, running back running back, running back I, I I love that because you you guys clearly know the value of running back in our league. Um, they're hard to come by. And when you get them and you get them good, you can sell them for a King's ransom Mm -hmm. or you can keep them and score a whole bunch of points all year. So um, I think in my honest opinion, you're going to figure out of Chubb, Barkley, and Connor, who's worth, who are your best two? And then I think you trade the third and uh, you trade them for a lot or, you know, you see if an injury happens or whatever, you know, um, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. If one of these guys who we've previously discussed who waited too long at running back um, or didn't get talent at running back comes knocking, asking about one of those three. So um, I think Robert Woods is probably your make-or-break guy. Mm-hmm. Um, with you waiting until round four, I, all of my rounds are one-off from yours just because I'm including the keepers as round oh, yeah. one. But, yep. So yep. anyone that has heard me reference rounds, uh, round one is keepers in my from what I'm looking at. So you got Woods at four... Um, as your first, as your first wide receiver. So I personally don't feel like Robert Woods is a wide receiver one. Um, but like you said earlier, so much has changed in LA that mm-hmm. we just don't know. Uh, we just don't know that. But last year I would not have felt comfortable having Robert Woods as my, my number one wide receiver. I just wouldn't have wanted that. Yeah. Um, Diggs, I think has wide receiver one talent. Uh, and, and then again, another team change, A lot of stuff shifting for Diggs. Uh, He's a bit of a drama queen, so I I would imagine (laughs) they're going to get him as targets. um, And targets are inevitably going to lead to points unless he's having a drop problem, which he really hasn't had in his career. So I I love Diggs. Marvin Jones, I just don't know about. I feel like the way everyone feels about Galladay now, we all felt about Marvin Jones a few years ago, and it just never really came so I, I just I just don't know there. Uh, I love the Hayden Hurst pick. He was a guy who was circled for me um, with the team change. I, I, he showed flashes of talent and um, in Baltimore last year. I watched every game. So yeah. um, I saw times where I was like, man, that kid's actually good, but Mark Andrews is just better. And yeah. then they trade him to a team that loves throwing the ball to their tight end. So I could see Hayden Hurst having a great year. Um, I don't hate Josh Allen at your quarterback. I think there's definitely better names out there, but I think he's a talent. Um, I feel like he'll probably throw a lot of picks this year, but he'll probably throw a lot of touchdowns too. So, I mean, you're going to get, it's probably going to work out for you. Um, I don't personally love the back half of your all's draft. I think after Josh Allen, I think there's a fall off. Uh, Anthony Miller was a waiver guy last year. Really didn't have value at all. Um, Brandon Ayuk is a rookie. We don't know what he's going to be yet. McFarland he's second or third string Pittsburgh you know you're trying to handcuff Connor there but we don't really know what Benny Snell is gonna do Higgins I don't know I mean it feels like they've got enough wide receiver talent there already with Boyd AJ Green healthy and um old John Ross too. So I don't know about Higgins, Darrington Evans. I heard his name flashing around a lot. So I, and then you took a flyer on Antonio Brown in case (laughs) this crazy ass ever gets it together and gets signed, which I doubt he will. So I think the back half of your draft could have been stronger. Um, but I mean, I love the top, uh, you know, your starting lineup, like we referred to about Trent and and Hunter's team. I love your starting lineup. So that's kind of what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, man. I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of our team. Um, when we were, you know, like you said, thinking about having three really strong running backs and being able to potentially dangle one of those guys as a trade later on. We love that idea. Robert Woods um, is a guy I I was really, really excited to have uh, be available for us to take. Um, He was wide receiver 14 last year, which is technically a wide receiver one in our league. And he Mm -hmm. only caught two touchdowns the entire season. Didn't catch one until week 14. So with Brandon Cooks leaving... Uh, with Gurley not being some, you know, they, they've struggled to get in the end zone in the backfield, uh, last year. And, you know, who knows who's going to be the starting running back for LA this year. I definitely think Woods could see three, four more touchdowns this season. And he was already a uh, top 14 wide receiver in the league last year. So he, he's a guy I was, I was pretty stoked, um, to be able to pick up. And, um, with Diggs and Marvin Jones, I think, you know, Diggs has some potential to, to have high scoring games, um, game three really pops off he put up a 40 piece last year and Marvin Jones is usually pretty consistent so we can kind of take week to week which one of those guys we want to slot into to wide receiver two and then you know you mentioned Hayden Hurst as some you had circled he was a guy I was really really hoping to take a lot of the podcasts and kind of draft research I'd done um, seemed like a guy who could do well and we had Austin Hooper last year who was a big key to our success um, the tight end in Atlanta and for the Falcons to not re-sign a guy who did so well for them and instead make a trade for tight end to bring in Hayden Hurst, to me says they really believe that this guy's pretty talented and it can have a similar role in a high-passing offense, so... Yeah, man, I I like our team. Um, You know, Anthony Miller, like you said, was somebody who was kind of on waivers last year, but he finished the season pretty strong, had three uh, 20-plus point games at the end of last year, Um, kind of sneakily once we were all kind of done watching the Bears. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's a few young guys on this team. I think we actually had four rookies in a row between Ayuk, McFarland, uh, Higgins, and Darrington Evans um, that we just felt like, you know, small chance that any of them pop off, but, you know, uh, might as well take four throws at the dartboard and see if one of them doesn't hit bullseye. So um, we'll see, man. I, I honestly uh, it made me a little sick to finish second to Mason, even in the <laughs> the rankings. Um, but uh, we'll see how this season shakes out. That brings us to number one overall. Who else would it be but the defending back-to-back champ, Mr. Mason Paws, C-Mac attack, came in at second in his own rankings, probably only out of a little bit of humility, <laughs> uh again first champ to win back-to-back first to win three uh championship rings nobody else has even won two i'm kind of sick of talking about it jacob why don't you why don't you talk us uh through this roster (laughs)
1: well for all of our sanity's sake we've got to hope that christian mccaffrey just decides to go on a sabbatical and becomes a missionary and moves to (laughs) africa uh, I'm not going to wish injury on anyone. I, I don't believe in that, but I have got to hope that some sort of life priority comes up for Christian McCaffrey and he just decides he wants to do something else for a living. Um, because as long as he has the kind of scoring output that McCaffrey had last year, Mason's always going to be the favorite. Um, and yep. that's kind of the bullet that we take with keepers. Um, yeah, I personally enjoy keepers. I know there's some people who are starting to feel a little sour about them. Um, it, it doesn't go over my head that the people who are more sour about keepers generally have worse keepers. Um, <laughs> but that's just the competitive side of us all coming out. Uh, obviously, yeah. we would all love to have Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, we, you can't glaze over that. I think often yeah. in our league we glaze over keepers because it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course he has Christian McCaffrey. Let's look at the rest of the team. It's like, well, you can't really glaze over a guy who's going to score 35 points a week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Sadly, so, you can't. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, moving on from that, I, I, I think that that's what hurts the most here uh, from what, uh, I think it was Hunter someone at the draft mentioned that every team that they had seen in the ESPN rankings that had McCaffrey was the number one ranked team. Like automatically, yep. it doesn't matter what you did with the rest of your draft. If you have McCaffrey, you're already in the conversation. So, um, that's good. Uh, you know that is what it is. So we'll have to deal with that as a league, and we'll we'll combat the the uh, common enemy there. Uh, edwards Hilaire at two. That one for mm-hmm. me. I'm gonna continue to be a critic and a skeptic until I see otherwise. Just because I
0: told you, I told you, I thought that's who he was gonna take. You
1: did, you did, <laughs> and you were right. Uh, the guy <laughs> just hasn't taken an NFL field yet. And I'm, and you know, like Saquon a few years ago, that was the same thing, and we took him. So I'm feeling like a little bit of a hypocrite, but Saquon had all this uh, Combine hype of like – he was breaking Combine records and doing stuff that people had never seen before. And uh, Edwards Hilaire, I think he's falling into a dream situation of being in Mm -hmm. Kansas City, Uh, but he just – I just don't know. I I don't know. Until he gets on the field and takes a couple snaps and scores some touchdowns and does some stuff, I'm just going to continue to say – Going at at two at where he went is just too dang high for for a rookie yeah. an unproven guy. So, um, Juju, I think you already you know I might be stealing your point, but he, he's the make or break guy here. If Juju mm-hmm. goes back to rookie season with Big Ben, Juju then we're all hosed. I mean, <laughs> you're looking at 30, <laughs> yeah. you're looking at 30, 30 and 30 from his top three guys and you score 95 Stop. points and you win. So uh, it's yeah. just like, it, it's going to be very hard to overcome. Um, Zach Ertz is a guy who me and Zach both were kind of just iffy on, we just, we kind of had him on our stay away list because I think Dallas Goddard gets a lot of love in that offense for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because Wentz has been hurt and they've lost that connection a little bit or what the deal is. But Ertz has just not been as sexy to me lately. So um, Landry, I'm not a Baker believer. I don't think Landry or OBJ either will have very good years. I think Baker is just horrible. I think he's going to be done in in Cleveland after this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Julian Edelman, he's pretty washed up. He's got a new quarterback who's inaccurate. So I'm not very excited about Edelman. So, I mean, really, what I'm looking at here is the star power in the top three and the yeah. and the sad thing is that that's gonna be enough yeah <laughs> uh, but if I'm being honest, I mean the rest of the draft is just not that exciting. I mean, I like that he got Goddard and and yeah. Ertz, so it's weird to handcuff your tight end, but Ertz is the one that's worth doing <laughs> it for true um I don't hate the Philip Lindsay pick in the in the p p r league I don't know how relevant Shepard is gonna be um. Brady is your quarterback. You could love it. You could hate it. Nobody really knows. He's old. He's on a new team. Um, he's not got the Belichick. Uh, I don't even know what to call it The, the to fall back <laughs> on, you know, the scheme yeah. that everyone has always said that he's lived off of. So we're going to see. I mean, I, I just think his top three could be so intimidating that that could just be enough to win him the majority of his weeks and then we're in and you know and that it's over with so I think the I think the rest of his draft honestly could have been better but I I think that he's got so much he's so top heavy that it could be enough to carry him
0: yeah and in a 14 team league I mean to have that much star power in your team is just I mean you think back to our 14th place team I know we're we're running about an hour and a half here our goal most of these episodes is going to be an hour, but I don't think anybody's going to complain about an hour and a half for our, our post-draft. We're all hungry for some football content. It's the draft um,
1: special. It's the yeah, draft come
0: special. Come on, guys. Uh, that's right. But yeah, I mean, to have this kind of superstar power when you've got teams who, you know, would kill to have one of those guys, it's, it's kind of tough to look down the barrel at that. And um, I will say, I, I think... I think you laid the path out pretty well for Mason to win his third straight championship, which is enough to make us barf. The only good thing about that is he can only keep one of McCaffrey or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So, uh, teams who are are finishing 14th, 13th, you got a little bit of comfort in that, I guess. (laughs) Um, but yeah, man, I, I think, I think the the hope for the rest of us not wanting to see Mason win three straight would be that McCaffrey is, um, he's being coached by a new team. He's got a new quarterback. Um, you know, if they paid him a lot of money, and if we've seen anything in the NFL, it's typically not worth it. Guys start to, to kind of tail off once they make that money. And McCaffrey seems like a guy who's just got incredible work ethic. But, you know, it, I, I'm i not going to be shocked if he doesn't put up the same numbers. I mean, he's still probably going to be the best, if not a top a top three running back. I mean, <laughs> when your floor is probably like RB3, gross. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Edwards Hilaire... Um, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Andy Reid was saying he reminded him of Brian, uh, <laughs> Brian Westbrook after the draft. You'd love to hear that if you're Mason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, also again, even, we've made this point about rookie running backs, they're not getting the usual off season. Um, so I think there's a chance that, yeah, maybe Juju's need to get back into a rhythm. Um, Ertz isn't exactly what he's been before. Um, I, I just really can't picture, I think if Mason, doesn't set his lineup the rest of the year he makes the playoffs <laughs> i mean I, I i struggle to see this team not being a playoff team as is doesn't need to make an ad drought, doesn't need to make a trade this is a this team's going to the playoffs period it's just a question of whether um you know he needs to make a move or two here or there to try to shore something up uh, if there's an injury if somebody kind of tails off but this is it's a scary good team again um and that's that's what we're taking a look at. Um, when you're back to back champ, you're obviously, uh, you're doing well, you've got a star powered guy and, um, for him to then get the number two pick as well. Um, Mason, Mason has been the cause of some, some league change over the years. Uh, we're no longer doing the playoff challenge. I don't think too many people loved, uh, the guy who wins the league, uh, getting the second overall pick. Um, and I think if Mason wins three in a row, the, uh, the, the angry mob coming against keepers might be a little louder than, than usual. Uh, it's, the, but, it's
1: the Wilt Chamberlain effect, you know? I mean, when, yeah, Wilt, yeah. when Wilt came into the league, all of a sudden they started changing all these rules because they are like, all right, this guy's too damn good. We got we to gotta figure out how to put a rein on this. So yeah. it's a compliment, Mason. Take it, take it, it as a compliment.
0: It is. We love our commish. Um, Mason will be joining for some of our podcast episodes this year. He's a busy man with med school. Um, we wish him all the best in that, but we wish him – Many, many fantasy losses, as many as a team like this could have. (laughs) Um, And with that, Jacob, we are concluding the first episode of the 2020 Sunday's Finest podcast. It's been a pleasure, my friend. I think I've laughed more uh, today in this last hour and a half than I have probably the rest of 2020 put together, man. Love you. Love this league. Uh, It's the best around. Hey, it
1: was a pleasure, man. I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to the year. And uh, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to to be a part of it. So I can't wait to see the backlash in the group me after. It's going to be
0: fun. (laughs) That's right. All right, boys. We'll see you around. Party like a Saturday.